Hi, everyone. This is Javier, your host here at the Restore Podcast. We would love to hear your thoughts about the Restore Podcast topics, guests, your favorite episodes, or whatever you may want to let us know. And I am so happy to announce that now you can do that simply by texting us by going to the show notes. There, you will see a link that simply says, send us a text message. Click on it. Don't remove the number there that you will see and simply send us a text. Simple as that. So don't wait. Go to any episode show notes and text us now. Let us know your thoughts. We can't wait to hear from you. God bless. Welcome to Restore, a podcast seeking to restore the vision, restore the mission, restore the church. And now your host, Javier Diaz. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Restore Podcast, Episode 72. My name is Javier, and I'm your host. It may be hard to believe, yet here we are in December, releasing the last episode of 2021. Wow. It's crazy for me to see how this mostly monthly podcast will have been going on by February of next year, 2022, for six years. And so I just want to take a moment and I want to thank all of you, the listeners, whether you've listened uh, uh, in this episode for the first time or uh, you are a lifelong six-year monthly listener to this podcast. And so perhaps you've listened to all the episodes. Thank you, wherever you may stand on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As I mentioned before, And even briefly mentioned this episode, I I would never, in hindsight, have started a podcast the way that I started this one. Uh, Though the audio quality wasn't great along the way sometimes, many times, and I myself struggle with stuttering, uh, and I'll probably share that story sometime coming in the future. This podcast has come a long way, and it has grown. It's amazing uh, for me to see that this little podcast has been listened to in over 100 countries. So it's been downloaded at least once in over 120 countries. So as we conclude 2021 and it comes to an end, I just want to say thank you again to all who have listened and are listening, uh, subscribed, and share the podcast. And of course, to all of my guests this past year and in years past as well, I have learned so much from all of you. Truly, I am thankful to have um, had each and every one of you on the Restore podcast. I also must say thank you to my friend and colleague, Lee Bennett, who has helped produce this podcast from episode one. Thank you. Thank you, Lee, so much. And of course, to the Florida Conference for your full support and encouragement to keep going with this podcast. With all of that said, I really believe that God has guided to have uh, my guest on today's episode, Pastor Ben Lundquist, as the final guest for 2021. Ben is the Young Adult Director for the Oregon Conference, a sought-after speaker, host, and producer of the Rise and Lead podcast. This is a power-packed, inspirational, and practical conversation that is an absolute must-listen, especially as 2021 comes to an end and we are gearing up for 2022. I know that you will find this conversation helpful, hopeful, and full of value for your life. Also, if you haven't already, make sure to head over and subscribe to Ben's podcast, Rise and Lead. And 
more information will be on the show notes as well. I know that you will be blessed and challenged, I assure you, as you listen to his podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Pastor Ben Lundquist. Pastor Ben Lundquist, welcome back to the Restore Podcast. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity and a huge honor. I think I was on five years ago on this podcast and uh, so excited about the growth and just being able to add valuable conversation to really listeners all around the world. So it's my honor to be here and thank you so much for the opportunity. Ben, I am honored to have you back. I was listening to that episode five years ago and I got to be honest with you, it sounded like it was much further back than five years, but the content is still good. The actual recording, you know, you're a podcaster, we'll get that in a moment, but I just kind of cringe. I would never recommend, by the way, anybody to start a podcast the way that I did. I'm also amazed how things have changed, uh, not only because of COVID, we've all grown in these five years. In that conversation, it was a, it was a panel, it was a group of us, and we're going to have that in the show notes. And I still encourage people to go back and listen to that. And by the way, people still listen to that episode and many more from five years ago, which still rattles my mind. But with that said, I'm glad to have you here as a solo guest. And Ben, I want to go back, go back as we always do here in the podcast. So tell me about yourself in the sense of where you were born, raised, your family, and your call to ministry. I'm not sure if I've actually heard, and we went to school together, more on that later, but on your call to ministry and, and why you decided to pursue that. So please tell us. Yeah, so I, I grew up um, as I as an East Coast mutt, uh, lived in about <laughs> five to six different states around the East Coast. And my mom was a nurse. My dad was a hospital administrator. And we would move. My dad's job took us to different states. We moved and, and have lived in Illinois, Florida, Kansas, upstate New York, Tennessee. So kind of have lived all over the East Coast. Mm. And um, yeah, and ended up finishing academy, starting my college at Union College in Lincoln, Nebraska, and then went down to Southern Adventist University where, you know, you and I, you and I had connected. Yeah. And uh, in during that time at Southern, I ended up working at a number of different summer camps. And I think it was really that summer camp setting of ministry that just kind of got the wheel spinning on what would it look like to run a camp someday? What would it look like to empower collegiate young leaders? Uh, mm. What would it look like to share the hope of Jesus from this summer camp setting? And so I think that's where the wheels for me begin to turn about thinking of ministry as being part of my life long term. I never wanted to be a pastor. Even looking back from childhood, I can't even remember a pastor that I really looked up to and admired. Mm. I think there were some in my journey, but I, I it wasn't that I had these great role models. I met some awesome pastors that were that would come in in and out of my life with different moves. But yeah, I think it was that summer camp setting, and the real pivot for me, uh, Javier, was taking a year off. I went to the island of Ponape and I taught fourth grade as a student missionary from Southern. And I think it was it was in that fourth grade classroom that I really fell in love hmm. with sharing Jesus and the gospel with kids. And I had a an interesting classroom of 21 students. 19 of those um, were of the Catholic faith background. I think I had one or two Buddhists, and I maybe had one Adventist kid in this classroom. And a lot of the kids had alcoholic parents and just just rough upbringing. Mm. And I just begin to see the effect that the love of Jesus and talking about 
being a son and daughter and talking about the love of the Heavenly Father, what that could mean to somebody. And I saw that played out in that classroom. And I ended up just committing that during that year, I committed to the Lord that I will do anything and everything that you want me to do. And I did give the Lord two stipulations. Maybe some some people can relate to that. Like, hey, God, I'll do whatever you want, but here are my, my stipulations. And I told God I didn't want to be a teacher because I didn't feel like I could invest in that classroom setting long term just with kind of how I was wired. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be a pastor because the two things I knew about pastors is that they were extremely boring and they were <laughs> they were poor. And I didn't want to be boring, and I didn't want to be poor. And uh, lo and behold, I would end up becoming a pastor. But it was, yeah, kind of interesting how that played out. Went back and forth with the Lord, um, kind of what his calling might be for my life. And I remember Javier telling somebody from Upper Columbia Academy who was leading a mission project on the island of Ponape, a short-term project. I remember telling um, a pastor who was leading that project I had never met him, but I said, hey, I just need to tell somebody that God, I think, is calling me to be a pastor and Mm. to be involved in ministry full time. And what I didn't know is within 18 hours after I had that first public conversation about my what, what I thought was a call to ministry and to work for Jesus, I would almost die within 18 hours. Wow! And fast forward about a day and a half, and I ended up. Uh, falling off a cliff about 60 feet high while I was uh, going on a Friday night hike with a group of high school students. And so I fall off this cliff and uh, land on a pile of rocks. My friends found me after I had fallen. They were sure my back was broken. And so here, a day and a half earlier, 18 hours or so, I tell the first person in my life that, hey, I'm going to work for Jesus. I don't even care what that means. I don't know what that means. And then you fast forward a day and a half, and I am almost dead uh, from this fall, and my back is is broken. Wow. So I end up going to a the little, little local hospital there, and just amazing the way that God works. Go to this hospital, get x-rays, and nobody can believe that my back is not broken. Every vertebrae you know, in my spine is right where it's supposed to be. And I, I suffered no major injuries after I fell about 60 feet off a cliff onto a pile of rocks. Wow. So that was all part of my journey that I, I shared with some people here and there. Mm-hmm. And I think there were forces behind the scenes that tried to take my life mm-hmm. after I had committed to work for God for the rest of my life. And I, I do think spiritual warfare is very real. And I do think that we have a victory in God. And I think that God in his grace and mercy, I believe he spared my life for his purpose. And so I ended up finishing out that year on Ponape, went back and uh, Javier, if you can believe this, I changed my major for the last time. This was major change number seven. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And uh, declared major and changed to theology. And the rest is, it's not history, but I kind of just moved forward um, and pursued ministry as a career. Hmm. Well, I've said this many times. This is um, episode 70 plus by the time we post yours. And I'd never get tired. I'll say this again and again and again. 
of hearing. And I just want to encourage people. And I hope this podcast is a little space that does that. It helps that or empowers that to listen to people's stories. Because Ben, you and I have spoken uh, many times here and there, and especially pre-COVID, sometimes we see each other in different places and what have you. But I don't think I've ever had the opportunity and to actually listen to that part of the story. And I didn't know about that fall. And I, I could only, you're right about one thing. Let me backtrack. Spiritual warfare, absolutely. I think, uh, hey, I think maybe I need to do an episode and bring on not only pastors, because I think pastors, I've obviously, because I talk so much with pastors, um, if I can have an episode of that, just bringing in pastors alone can speak heavily of spiritual warfare. But the reality is all of us, regardless of what we do, are in the midst of this war. And I praise God that he has always been with you and was able to see you through that. But I want to I wanna step back right there in that moment, kind of talked about it. What was going through your mind? You fall 60 feet. You're, you're in this little hospital. I, I got to assume maybe anxiety is pretty high. Friends and family going, oh, my goodness. So what, what was kind of running through your mind? Do you remember at that you know, moment, God, I said yes to you. What was happening there? Yeah, you know, you know, I think Javier, I think honestly, things things happen so fast that the, mm-hmm. that I I don't remember this internal dialogue on what is God doing. I can't yeah. believe this is happening. It was just happening so rapid and so quick mm-hmm. um, that I don't think it was until after that you're able to kind of think back and reflect. So I think the stress and anxiety was probably more for my friends and the teachers that were there at the school sure. who watched somebody that they know go through this experience. And God's leading in that for me, I think really hit home about three days after uh, this experience, which happened on a Friday. And this was on a Monday. Mm. And I took a day off from teaching, had a little headache from falling 60 feet on, on my head. Mercy. And I'm, I'm laying, uh, taking a day off, kind of relaxing. And a phone call was patched into the room that I'm staying at there at the Avenue School. And we all know people in our life that when you hear somebody's voice, you know that voice. And so when I picked up, the voice said, hey, Benjamin, uh, can you hear me? And I knew right away that that was my dad because uh, mm. you just you got voices in your life that you know who they are by the tone, the cadence, the sound. And so my dad, he opened up the conversation on that Monday morning by saying this, which is just crazy. He said, what happened to you? And the interesting thing is nobody had called him. There was no email sent to my dad. So he would have no reason to ask me what happened to you. But he did. He said, what happened to you? And I said, well, I took a little fall <laughs> on Friday a couple of days ago. And he said, well, are you are you uh, sitting down? And I said, well, actually, I'm laying down, kind of recovering. And he said, well, let me, t- let me tell you a story. So here my dad is about to tell me a story from upstate New York about me having absolutely no understanding update news about what had just happened a couple of days earlier. Hmm. So my dad said uh, on Friday, I, I th- actually, I think it was Sabbath morning in upstate New York. And I fell on Friday night, you know, there on, on the island of Pontepe. My dad said uh, he was awoken at about four o'clock in the morning, Sabbath morning. And he said he had this overwhelming feeling that he needed to start praying for my safety. So my mm. dad crawls out of bed as my mom is sleeping. You know, they're sleeping. Uh, they're in the same bed. He crawls out of bed, gets on his knees, and he says to me that he heard the voice of God say to him, 
pray for the life of your son. So my dad is on his knees in upstate New York at four o'clock, give or take in the morning, praying that God would spare my life. And here's the craziest thing. And as my dad is telling me this on that Monday morning, like I'm crying, he's crying. We're having this, you know, little moment as you put all those puzzle pieces together. My dad, Javier, in upstate New York was praying on his knees for me at the exact second mm. that I fell off the cliff halfway around the world wow. um, on the brink of losing my life. And so I think, you know, just look at, looking at some of those puzzle pieces together, everybody's got a story. And if you think, you know, you, you may know, we may we may know some of the puzzle pieces Everybody's got a story of how God moves, and there's a lot of puzzle pieces we don't know, but these are a few that I did become aware of, and I think for me, it was just like another level of confidence in this idea of calling that God had for me, and it wasn't that I was called differently than anybody else. It wasn't that I was more special than anybody else. I just went through this situation, these events that uh, I think really for me just gave me a, an extra level of confidence in the calling that God had for me. And so I often will, I think, go back to that sometimes hmm. in those low moments. Um, yeah. And I think for me, the memory of that experience, it's kind of like in scripture when God says, hey, build a pillar or build an, build an altar so you can remember what happened in this spot. Mm-hmm. And I think when I have those moments of, maybe doubting my calling, doubting whether I'm supposed to be in ministry, going through a really difficult day or week. It's one of those pillars for me that I go back to. And I just remember that God moved in my life and led me in a unique way. And without his grace and mercy, I shouldn't be here. Hmm. And so even if I'm struggling in the moment in 2022, the opportunity to struggle is a gift because I shouldn't even be struggling because mm. without God, I wouldn't even be here. Mm. And so I think for me, yeah, that story is just, it's a pillar. Uh, and, and like I said, kind of an altar of remembrance yeah. for me on, on something that I went through that uh, what was a pivot point for me in, in that ministry calling. Well, Ben, again, I'm glad I asked the question. I'm glad that you were transparent and um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I'm glad I asked a follow-up and you shared that part of your dad. That's amazing. And we hear stories like that and it gives me goosebumps just to see in a sense of how God leads, guides, how greater is he who is in us than is in the world and how God was using your father to pray at that very moment. You had no idea what was going on, neither of you. And just to hear this story, it's it's powerful. So we, we praise God that he spared your life and you had no repercussions or at least of what you've been telling us. And uh, fast forward now to the way that God has been leading and the impact that you have made on so many people's lives, your own family's life and many, many young adults, which I know is a realm that you have been extremely influential to say the least. And when we recorded this podcast five years ago, I should say, when we recorded an episode five years ago, that that podcast, you were just getting into your current role at the Oregon Conference, right? Because it was about five years ago, correct? Yeah, I, I, I uh, came out of Southern and got hired by the Arizona Conference, mm-hmm. did a few different positions in Arizona and had been there about 11 years and then left the Arizona Conference and transitioned to Oregon 
in May or early June of 2016. So I think, yeah, right about that same time yeah. is when we had done that podcast together. So, so within those realms, your, your ministry has been about empowering, mentoring, and helping young adults and their walk with Jesus. And as you mentioned, for the last five years or so, you've been the young adult leader there at the Oregon Conference. So Ben, tell us, what are, what are some of the top leadership lessons that you've learned about helping specifically young adults walk with Jesus? And, and why would you say those are some of your top lessons? Or maybe not lessons you've learned, but lessons that have been reaffirmed in your journey as you've continued in this realm to really focus on young adults? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I'll just preface what I'm going to say by by going back to even my elementary years in high school. I was a deeply insecure person and mm. the kid who didn't want to read in front of the class, didn't want to read in a small group, didn't want to get up in front of people, constantly comparing who I was to other people. I had major challenges in reading, in math. I worked with tutors for almost my entire uh, elementary <laughs> career education journey and even into middle school and even in high school. So I think there was a lot of just insecurity and struggle that I went through at a, at a young age. And I think all of that shaped me. And I think even getting up in front of a crowd and sharing, the first time I remember doing that was around 18 years of age. So you think about what I'm doing now, that came out of a lot of struggle. So I think some of the things that I'm the most passionate about sharing in le about leadership and life are things that I have struggled so much with in my own journey. The, the insecurity, the calling, uh, purpose, having seven different declared majors in college, attending four different uh, universities, just trying to figure out what is my purpose? What is God doing in my life? So what I'm going to share, I, I just want the audience to know has come out of my own journey and struggle with these things. So I share it from somebody who has been in the trench of insecurity and in mm. the trench of doubt and in the trench of just questioning what is God doing and who am I and, and where do I belong and what is my purpose? So when I think about my own journey, some of the things that I'm the most passionate about sharing with young adults, and I think this really goes for all leaders, all pastors, it's not just a young adult, young adult content, mm -hmm. but I think uh, you know, young, young adults in that defining decade of, the, of being in your 20s, are really very open to mentorship. That people aren't set in their ways. They want to be mentored. They want to launch well. They're very, very teachable. Um, and so when I think about what has really worked for us, I would look at the last five years as having been um, in a young adult ministry leadership laboratory. And mm. some of that has come from summer camp settings. Some has come from local church uh, public university campuses, but we have tried a lot of different things in the last five years. And I think we, we, as far as my team in Oregon have kind of adopted an approach that seems to really be working when it comes to leadership development and life lessons with, with young adults and with pastors. Um, I, I had Javier the opportunity just last week, about a week ago to do two hours of leadership development with our own pastors here in Oregon. So mm. The the lessons are universal. I think it's it's for the fifty year old and above, and it's for that individual uh, he or she who may be in their twenties. Mm -hmm. But here are a couple things I would share: is that 
I think the most, the foundation for any leader in any age, the foundation is for somebody to be confident in their identity in Jesus. Mm. And I think that is, that is foundational. If you don't know who you are in Jesus, you cannot lead yourself well. You cannot be a healthy leader and you cannot reproduce healthy leaders in other people. And I think that's a big leadership lesson that I've learned along the way is that you will naturally reproduce and multiply yourself in other people. So a big question for all of us as pastors and leaders, do you like what you're multiplying? Mm. And are you multiplying what you want to be multiplying? Because whether you like it or not, you are reproducing yourself in other people. Another way to look at that is you cannot take other people higher than you are yourself. So where you are with God, that's going to be the ceiling of where you can lead other people. Uh, where you are in your own development and growth as a leader, that's going to become the ceiling on where you can grow and develop other people. So for me, like foundational Javier is we have to know who we are. And for me, I've I've been able to, through a study of scripture and, and mentorship and, and trial and error, I'm at a place where I can say with confidence, I am a son of God with unlimited worth and value. Mm. And that is where I operate from. And I think the the idea is we know, especially in the pandemic, if you don't lead yourself well, you're done. You're yeah. done. Like you're going to have no leadership longevity. You will not last into your 70s and 80s as an effective mm. leader. You will burn out. Your cup's going to become empty and you will have nothing to give any anybody else. So what I've really observed is that when you understand your identity in Jesus as a son or daughter always, that really um, anchors or becomes your source of worth and value. And so what I have seen in people is we don't take care of anything that we don't value. Hmm. So if you value something, you are willing to put the work in to taking care of that thing. And so foundationally, you've got to see yourself as incredibly valuable. And that I think is is having having an understanding of the gospel that is life-giving, that is freeing, that is affirming and empowering. So that for me is foundational. If you want to be an effective leader, you've got to know who you are. And I think Javier in the pandemic for me, that meant going back to who I am in Jesus every single day mm. yeah. because you got great days, but in the pandemic, I had a lot of dark days. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of days where I was just asking myself questions and thoughts were popping into my head that had never popped into my head before. Yeah. And like, why am I thinking that? Why is that? Why is this cloud sitting over me? And I had to go back to Benjamin, this feeling is not Lord Lord over your life. Jesus is Lord over your life. You know who you are. You know that you are a son of God always. And so that for me is foundational, that worth and value from my identity in Jesus. And then secondly, um, and jump in, you know, because I, I can talk about this stuff all day. No, man, secondly, this is gold. This is worth you know, the I price think, of admission, right? Just with okay. what you started there. So please continue. <laughs> so, you know, and so I think and we, we, 
challenge young adults with this all the time. And I, for me, my approach is I'm going to come, I'm going to come at young leaders hard and it's with grace and it's with love. You only get one shot to live this life. And so when I, when I'm, when I'm sharing and doing teaching, like I want to be, I want to shoot straight with people Mm -hmm. in a way I would want somebody to do that with me. And so as we talk about leading from worth and value, I'll often challenge young leaders. Once you know who you are, the second principle or lesson is you must leave your, lead yourself well. Like it's not, op, it's not an option. Nobody's going to come for you. Nobody's mm. going to save you. Nobody's, nobody's going to come and be there to make those decisions for you. You have to lead yourself well. And for me, the reason you can do that effectively is because you know your worth and value. And I think about you know, my, my first car hobby year was a 1966 Ford Mustang, a whole nother story about That's a that nice car. car, man. But I can, it, it, it was a lot of fun for a 17 uh, year old, Yeah, but I can tell you that that, that, that old car of 30 some years, I washed it every two days hmm. and I used armor all on the vinyl interior a couple times a week. Hmm. And I meticulously took care of this car. And it's because to me, that 1966 Mustang was valuable. And I think the principle is we take care of things we value. Mm. So if you don't see your value as a pastor or leader, you're not going to take care of yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to operate and minister from the overflow of your life because you're always going to be depleted. And you're always going to be operating from a mindset of scarcity instead of a mindset of abundance. Hmm. And so for me, that's that's kind of what we challenge young leaders with is, hey, you got to you got to lead yourself well. Why? Because you're valuable and because hmm. people need you and because you want to be a leader who's better in his or her 70s or 80s than you are right now. But it's not just it's not just about leading well for a season. It's yeah. about leading well for life as a husband and a father or a a, a wife and a mother. Uh, but it's about leading well for life. And so that's kind of the second thing after talking a lot about the gospel and worth and value is that challenge of leading yourself well. And, and we could this could be for another podcast, but I'll just challenge young leaders you got to assess honestly, how are you really doing? But you got to look at the man and woman in the mirror and say, how am I really doing? And as you look at how you are really doing, you've got to take full ownership for that reality. Like you've got to, you got to be able to say no more excuses, no more Mm -hmm. casting blame, no more casting blame on the seventh Avenue church, no more casting blame on members, no more casting blame on COVID. Hello. But you got to take full ownership and responsibility of your health and how you're doing. And again, I mean, this may sound, it may sound, I don't know if it's aggressive or, or kind of edgy, but, but it's nobody's going to come to save you. Yeah. Like Jesus has, Jesus has saved you, mm-hmm. but you have to take full ownership of the life that Jesus has given you. So assess honestly how you're doing, catch a new vision for what it would mean for you to be healthy, a vision that compels you to move forward, and then just build a new system, Javier, of habits that are going to help guarantee that you can become healthier and that you can move toward operating from your overflow. And um, yeah, just some good things that we like to share. But yeah, again, 
first thing me, I'll always talk about with young leaders is, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to follow up and say, well, first of all, yeah, that, that first one, the foundational identity in Jesus, I love that. And I really appreciate you that it's the foundation with, without a doubt. Following up with that, you mentioned the essence of taking care of yourself and having ownership. I did want to follow up specifically with that one in the essence of what does that look like for you, Ben, in, in practice? So the people that will listen yep. to this, well, I think we will all be say yes, yes, yes. And everything you're saying resounds heavily with me. The pandemic truly helped me to personally, for example, in my practice, yep. to really slow down. Like I was going 100 miles an hour and I needed to slow down. And I can go on and say many other specific practical aspects in my life. But what did it what did it look like for you and what would you recommend for those that are assessing themselves within the light of their identity in Jesus? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, let me just get real practical. When it comes to assessing yourself, what I would recommend is asking these five questions every month. Don't ask them every day because you'll get overwhelmed and you'll feel and you'll feel like you're making no progress at all. So don't don't weight yourself down with a deep dive assessment every day. But I would say once a month, ask yourself these five questions. What is going right in my life right now? What is going wrong in my life right now? What is missing in my life right now? What is confusing in my life right now? And then finally, uh, number five, where do you want to be in 90 days? And Hmm. so just a couple assessment questions, and it's simply, if it's going right, you need to maximize it. You can't just go on cruise control with the things that are going right. So if it's going right, you need to maximize it. If it's going wrong, you only have two options. You either kill that thing from from being in your life, or you've got to change it. But we know it's not life-giving if it's not going right. So you got to figure out how are you going to pivot a little bit. Mm -hmm. So maximize what's going right. Uh, change what is going wrong. If it's missing, you need to add it to your life, add it to your routine, add it to your network, add it to your what you do on the regular. And if it's confusing, that's what you take to the Lord, I think, and you seek the leading of the Holy Spirit on the things that are confusing. Maybe it's um, maybe it's if you're going to take make a move in ministry. Maybe if mm. it's noticing that your passions have changed and you don't know how those are going to be lived out. And it, and you also go to mentors and you ask for input and advice from people who love you and you and want you to succeed. And then wh- where you want to be in 90 days is simply putting goals to paper. Uh, Javier, one thing that I love that's supported by research mm-hmm. is if you just write down goals, the chance of those coming to fruition it, it increases by 50% just wow. by writing them down. Yeah, And I think the, the, the reason it increases is because you have clarity on where you want to be in 90 days. Like mm. you want to be a more engaged father. You want to be physically healthier. You want to have a better routine for sermon prep and, and writing every week that doesn't stress you out. You want to have board meetings that are life-giving instead of life-taking. Hello. And yeah. you want to, so whatever your goals are, but I think do that assessment and then spend some time visioning what a healthier version of you would look like and write down a vision of in your own handwriting on paper that is compelling for you. Like I would like to be healthier in these areas of my life because these are the areas of my life that matter most. Mm. And don't think about 
you don't need 15 areas. You don't need 20 areas. Pick two or three at most because we don't have the bandwidth, I think, to focus on too many. So pick two or three areas of your life that that really matter to you, you and your wife. Are uh, you and your husband and you being a parent to your kids and you being uh, maybe a growing leader, but pick a few areas and and just uh, bring those things to light areas that you want to grow. And then simply from there, we'll get real practical. You got to build a system of habits that guarantees that you are going to grow in those areas. So this Javier, it's so practical, has been a game changer for me. In, in leading myself better. And I, I haven't reached a plateau. Like I'm always sure. trying to lead myself better, but this has been a huge game changer. Pick an area you, that you want to grow. Do you, be- do you do you sit down like every month? Because you said do this every month, which I like that. Do you do this? Do you schedule this is what I'm trying to ask, like in your calendar, right? Like for me, I, I like to do a to-do list. That's me. I may not do one every single day per se, but honestly, for the most part, it's really helpful. Perhaps, as, as you're saying, because I'm writing it down, even for podcasts, like I had on my list here, prepare podcasts, Ben Lundquist, right? It just helps me. I know it's coming, things like that. So it's helpful for me. Everything you're saying, I'm listening and saying, that's, that's me in my own way. So do you schedule that monthly evaluation assessment of these five questions? What's right? What's wrong? What's missing? What's confusing? And where do I want to be in 90 days? Is that something you schedule into, into your agenda? Yeah, I, I would recommend do a 30-minute deep dive with those five questions every month. That, mm. That's what I would recommend because, you know, things change. In the pandemic, a month was like a year yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the pandemic. So every month, find a place that you can have some space to focus and think and just do a deep dive with those five questions once a month. The follow-up to that is mm-hmm. you got to build a system of habits that are going to guarantee if the system of habits is executed, that you are going to grow in the areas that you want to grow in. So what I would say is, if you are just starting with your first assessment, you may need to follow up with that 30-minute assessment with an hour of building a system of habits that is going to help you grow and develop in those areas that matter to you. And then once you've built a system of habits, every month, it's really about asking the question, is my system of habits working? If it's not working, it's okay, but just change it. And I think a month gives you enough time, four weeks to try a system of habits where you can see, is this bearing the fruit that I want it to bear in my life? So, you know, so once you assess the first time, you may need to spend a little more time building that system of habits. But once you have built the system, then every month, you're asking the question, is the system working? And then you just tweak and develop the system depending on how your month is going and depending on whether or not you think it's working. Let me get real practical. Yeah. If you are listening and one of your uh, areas of your life that matter most, if you're married, maybe it's your relationship with your spouse. If you're a female leader, you're thinking about your relationship with your husband. Guys, you're thinking about your relationship with your wife. And you think to yourself, I want to grow in that area. This was the game changer for me. When I thought about building a system of habits for the areas that matter most, I would, I would just, be, I begin to think about what made sense to me. So it wasn't overwhelming and I could just grasp this in my head. So here's what worked for me. I asked myself this question. 
in that area that I want to grow in, this for me was a game changer, like worth worth the price of admission. Mm -hmm. I would ask myself, what do I need to do every day? Mm. What do I need to do every week? What do I need to do every month? What do I need to do every six months? And what do I need to do every year to grow in that area that matters most to me? So let's get real practical. Kim and I, we've been married for about 18 years and Mm. we've had our ups and downs, but we have seen continual growth over those 18 years. The system of habits that helps Kim and I grow looks like this. Every day we commit to 20 minutes of phone-free conversation a Mm. day. Um, Mm. Amen and amen. Amen. So every day we're talking about her job. She she runs a COVID clinic and I'm doing ministry stuff and podcasting. So we have 20 minutes of phone-free conversation a day. Every week, we try to have a date together every week. It could be a day date. It could be an evening date. But we do a date together every week. And then every month, we try to, uh, we try to dedicate a planned day together every month. Sometimes that's with our kids. Sometimes if we can get a babysitter, it may not be, or family members. So it's 20 minutes of convo every day, phone-free. A date every week could be evening, could be during the day, Mm. a full day every month. And then every six months, we try to do a weekend together that we plan out in advance. Could be with our family, our two kids, or it could just be Kim and I. But we try to do a weekend every six months, and then we try to plan and schedule a full week together. Could be Kim and I, could be with our family that's planned out in advance every year. So you begin to think in your mind like, oh, man, when you begin to think about daily, weekly, monthly, every six months, every year, you can create, I think, a system of habits that makes sense. I'll give you Mm. one more real practical case study. If you want to grow as a leader, this this is something that I'm playing with. If you want to grow as a leader, I try to listen to a podcast a day. And I want to say, Javier, uh, you're getting close to like 75 podcast episodes or thereabouts. Your podcast is amazing, and I know mm. it is blessing countries around the world. So uh, if you're listening first time, put this in your podcast uh, mm. rhythm because it's a great podcast. But I try to listen to, for me, a podcast every day. Yeah. Every week, I try to have a conversation with one of my mentors. Mm. Every month, I try to read or listen to an audio leadership book every mm-hmm. month. Every six months, I try to pay for a development course that could be growth funds with the conference. It could be out of my own pocket, but every six months I want to grow as a speaker. I want to grow as a communicator. I want to grow in my understanding of nonprofits and community relations, but I want to grow in an area that I may be a little weak in. And so every six months I try to pay for a course. Mm. I heard somebody say this, you got to pay to play. And things that are free, we often don't value. So if you're Mm. putting money out, you're probably going to take it a little more serious. So every six months, I try to do that. And then every year, pre-pandemic, I would try to attend a world-class leadership conference in person. Mm. Uh, This could be something like Global Leadership Summit. It could be Catalyst Conference that used to take place in Atlanta and in Irvine, California. But just another... I think case study or approach on what that can look like in building that system of habits. And then, then Javier, I mean, this is just uh, 
telling it like it is. Yeah. Where the rubber meets the road is you have to execute. Like you can't mess around. Mm-hmm. If you want to grow in these areas that really do matter, you have to just put the work in. And I'll say this, it's hard to get the car or the ball rolling at first, but the more momentum you get, the easier it is. So you just have to do the work. You got to get up and you got to put that time into your marriage that day or Mm. growing yourself as a leader that day or being an engaged mother or father, whatever those areas are for you. So yeah, those are a couple of things that I think for me, when it comes to leading yourself well, assess honestly, catch a new vision for your life that's going to compel you forward in the areas that matter most, build a system of habits. What do you need to do every day, every week, every month, every six months, every year to grow, execute the system of habits. If the system of habits, if it just isn't working, just own it. Be okay. Be okay yeah, with that. But yeah. say, okay, I'm going to make an adjustment. And I'll just say this. I mean, I would never, I would never knock anybody's routine to grow with Jesus. I wouldn't do that because Mm -hmm. it's so personal, but I would just say this. If you are trying to grow with Jesus in the same way that you have been doing same routine every day for the last 10 years, that's a red flag to me because I think you got to change some things up. Go prayer walk. You're a runner, Javier. Go prayer run, (laughs) you know, but try some, try some things out. There may be a whole nother level to your growth with Jesus that you're not experiencing because you are simply doing what you have always done Mm. when there's a thousand ways that you can connect with Jesus. Man, well, I I feel like I'm listening to, speaking of podcasts, I feel like I'm listening to this other incredible podcast called Rise and Lead. You may have heard of it. Oh my God, my God. And uh, if you if you haven't heard of it, it's going to be on our show notes and you need to subscribe if you're not listening to it and listen to it, Rise and Lead by uh, the, the one and only person that I'm interviewing now, Ben Lundquist, because this this is the meat and potatoes of his podcast along with many other great people that he interviews in his podcast. But Ben, I really appreciate everything, obviously, you've been saying, inspirational, impactful, practical. When I hear everything you're saying, one of the words that comes to my mind is intentionality. You you must be intentional yep. about everything that you're saying. There's really only one person that can do is what you're saying as well. Only I can do what I can do for yep. myself through God's grace, through God's strength. I've said this before on the podcast here. I, I, I use what I call AAA, assess, adjust, adapt. And, and that essence yep. is really also what I'm hearing in a very specific way as well. I love the aspect of varying. You know, yes, as a runner, you, you, you build stamina and momentum, not only by running long distances, but actually by doing speed work, by doing intervals, by doing many other things and changing things up. And sometimes you actually get up in the morning and I don't feel like exercising. People have asked me all the time. Well, it's easier for you because you always want to run, exercise, whatever, swim, bike. And I tell them, well, actually, I don't. There are many, 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 many times I don't want to leave my house. Like I just want to lie down and watch a movie or something. But I'm intentional about getting up and getting outside, in this case, exercise. And yes, I'll pray or walk, I'll run, whatever it is. But this is what I tell people. 99.9%, and I'm only saying 99.9 to give that little bit, 
I say, I thank God that I was intentional in doing it because something is better than nothing. Yep. And I, I always come back saying, I'm so glad I didn't just sit on the couch and I, was, I got out there. And so I kind of apply that to everything you've said. We have to be intentional. And even though we don't feel like it, I have to be intentional about making myself better through God's grace and strength and wisdom and guidance, listening to these podcasts, listening, making sure I read and do everything that you're saying that only, again, I'm repeating myself for emphasis, as you were saying, only I can do. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, 100 percent. And I, I think a couple of things I would share for anybody listening. Don't get overwhelmed. Like yeah. I just gave you a lot of information. We've been talking. <laughs> just just take a first step. Like just mm. figure out something that you can do to take a step forward to be a healthier version of you. Why? Mm. Because you're valuable. And why are you valuable? Amen. Because Jesus packed your life with value when he created you and when he gave his life for you and, and when he advocates for you every day. And so I think just figure out like what is a step that you can just take forward and maybe you just focus on one area mm. and not three. That's just an important area that you want to grow in. And I think, you know, one, one person, they pushed back on me one time. I think this was on my Instagram and they said, this just sounds so selfish. Like you talking about leading yourself well And my response in love was this, that leading yourself well, it is not selfish. It is essential because yeah. The end game with leading yourself well is service, mm. and it's that you want to have enough in the tank that you can operate from your overflow to bless your marriage, to bless your family, to bless your church, and and I think it's essential. And you, if you want to be a life-giving leader, if you want to be a life-giving pastor, then you need to have life in you, and you've got to be willing to say, I, I'm going to lead myself well. It is not selfish. It's essential so that I can give life-giving content and support and empowerment to the people around you. I'll give you a real, this is a real life example for me. Mm -hmm. I still believe in family worships. This is, <laughs> this is just me. Maybe it's old school. I don't know, mm. but I still believe in family worships and we live busy days, just like everybody else. Last night, I picked up my daughter. She She's in golf camp. My mm. son was doing homework at somebody else's house. And so leading up to the evening, seven, seven or eight o'clock, I'd already done like an hour workout. And this was in the garage. Like this mm -hmm. was not glorious. It wasn't at some beautiful, pristine gym. This was me putting in the work in the garage with nobody. And one yeah. of my lights was out. So it's a, so it's a dark garage. Mm -hmm. So I get to the evening. I'd done an hour workout. I've been up since like four 30, just based on some stuff that we need to get done early. So I'd been up early, but I'd, I'd, I'd hung out with the Lord. We'd spent some time together. And so when we got to the end of the day, this was just yesterday and it was time to have some family worship and end the day well with gratitude. What I knew is because of how I had led myself that day, I still had energy left in the tank mm. and I still had something left for the kids and the people in my life that matter most. And so I grabbed the worship book and we read and we had prayer together and I tucked my kids in and then I went over and laid by my son 
He's about 12, laid by his bed and did a day debrief. How was your day? What did you learn? You know, mm. he had missed some school the week before. You're getting caught up. And I went in my daughter's room and talked about that. I talked about her day as well. And I only say that um, because that's real life. What, what the result is when you lead yourself well is that you have energy and reserves for the people in your life who matter most. And so for me, do I want to go in the garage and work out on a rainy day in Portland? Probably not. And <laughs> do I want to get up at 4.30 or 5.30, depending on what I have to get done to do my solo time with God, uh, with Jesus in the morning? I don't always want to do that, but I, I know that the end product is worth it. And when I get to those moments at the end of the day, I want to have some bandwidth left and I want to have something in the tank. And I want to, I want to be able to minister and love my family at the end of the day from my overflow. And let me just, let me just say this. I don't always get it right. And I don't always have energy at the end of the day, Sure, but I have a lot more when I try to lead myself better. And so I think for me, um, I'm pretty clear on the the why behind what I'm doing. It's because God's given me that value and I want to steward that life well. And it's because I know who is going to be blessed by me taking care of myself. And it's mm. going to be church members and it's going to be young adults and it's going to be my wife and it's going to be my daughter and, and my son. So I think for me, that's kind of when, when I'm not wanting to to do what I need to do, I think about who might be losing out mm. by me not doing this. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, no, nah, it's worth it. You get up there, like Ben, get up, do those yeah. burpees, go do yeah. the run, put it, put in 15 minutes, get up before the crack of dawn, sit outside and open your Bible and have a real conversation with God about life and about what's going on. But I think about who would be missing out if I don't have anything left in the tank to give and I want to do my best to have a full tank and have a cup that's as filled as it can be. And COVID has been hard. I'm yeah. going to be real about that. It's been hard. But I, I do want to try as the vision for my life to operate from the overflow of my life, not operate from the reserves. Um, because I want, to, I want to be a good, engaged husband and father and leader long term. Absolutely. Ben, I've been listening so intently, and I, I've taken a bunch of notes here, and I take notes old school when I'm recording. People may not know because we only post the I audio, but I'm always taking notes as people are speaking. Here's my pen and my, and my pad here, and this is what I wrote as you're speaking. I put, leading yourself well is not selfish, it's essential in order to be a servant leader. As yeah. I'm summarizing there what you were saying, we need to make sure that we're taking care of, of ourselves. Yep. Ben, before I let you go, and I want to thank you for your time, tell me a little bit about the Rise and Lead podcast. I have, I have one more question after that, but tell us about this amazing yep. podcast. And I know many listen, and I want everybody to be listening uh, to your podcast, Rise and Lead. So tell us a little bit about it. Why the title, Rise and Lead? I don't know. That was in my mind to ask you. So yeah, you know, just uh, I was sitting in a leadership conference in uh, at at a church in Southern California about three years ago, and I felt like at the end of that two day conference, I felt um, God telling me, "You've been taking in leadership content for five to ten years. Why are you not producing mm, shareable amen. content for other people?" And and I sat on the podcast idea for about a year, and and that a lot of that was fear. 
of is the content going to be received? Is the quality going to be good? Thinking about my podcast might not be as good as somebody else's. And there came a point where I just said, hey, this is God's thing. If it's going to if it's going to do well and bless people, you just got to put it out there. And so I launched that about two years ago. Later today, I'm going to record episode 50 mm-hmm. of the podcast. And but with the wonders of technology being downloaded all around the world. Yes. Uh, but the the title or brand of Rise and Lead is really about rising in always knowing that God has a next level for your life. He's mm. got a next level for your marriage. He's got a next level for your ministry. He's got a next level for your parenting. So always thinking about how can I rise to that next level? Never never settling for average half a year, but saying, mm. I got to look at how do I go to that next level and rise? And then the lead is really about um, influencing the world with the gifts that God has given you. You know, I love John Maxwell's definition of leadership that leadership is influence. Mm -hmm. So how do we maximize the influence that God has given us? I love it. And again, I encourage everybody to make sure right now, as they're listening to this, to go and subscribe and listen to Rise and Lead. Ben, before I I let you go, with all of that said, again, thank you for your time, your impactful words. I have one question. I've asked this before to many other leaders in different ways. Sure. But I, I still remember you and I, in, in, a, in a softball field in college back in the day, right, at, at Southern. You think of that of that young man back in college there, and what would you tell that? I think man? I had hair there. You did. I wasn't going to go there, but you look great, man. So <laughs> with that said, what would you tell the Ben of that day, just leaving college, graduating, entering ministry, and a whole new life? What would you tell him that you know now, what would you tell him then? Probably, and this is advice that I, I'll often share if young young leaders will ask me, like, what would you say to your younger self, you know, if you're yeah. looking back? And I, I didn't know it then, but knowing some more about life and leadership now, here's what I would say. I would say to my younger self or anybody who's a young leader coming out of college, just launching into pastoral ministry, I would I would say don't do life and leadership alone. Mm. You need to have people in your life who are speaking life, empowerment, encouragement, and mentoring uh, into your life. There are far too many people, leaders, pastors, who are doing life solo. You will not survive as a leader and as a ministry leader if you don't have a team around you. So that's what I would tell my younger self. Start building your team right away. And I would recommend to my younger self, find people in your network who are empowerers and start connecting with them. Find people that you would consider to be a mentor and start connecting with them. You don't have to call them a mentor. Just start asking them questions about their life journey in, 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 with questions that are interesting to you. So that's what I would recommend would be don't wait another day on building a team of support and empowerment around yourself, because I think that is uh, probably the most life-giving gift that we can have is the right team around us. And it's I, I, I have a podcast episode called Building Your Personal Board, mm. but it's the idea that just don't do life and leadership alone. Don't do it. And begin yeah. to look at who exists in your network already that you can reach out to and start having conversations. You add some value to them. They add some value to you. And you are going to end up being a stronger pastor and leader because you surround yourself with the right people. 
Ben, thank you so much for your time, for your words. I've been blessed, and I know that those that uh, will be listening will be blessed as well. Any last thoughts before I let you go? Yeah, Javier, I think for me, if anybody is having a a pull, a calling from God to create something, to, to launch a platform, whether it's a podcast, it could be writing a book, a course, a resource, I think that would be my last thought. Don't wait. Just go ahead and do it. And I think there's always a hesitancy that we're waiting for perfection. We're waiting for every single uh, puzzle piece to be in place. And that's just not going to happen. And I'm always a big supporter of progress over perfection. And whether it's a podcast, a book, a blog, a resource, whatever it is, so much of what you learn as a creator, you learn along the way in the process. So it's not about preparing before. It's not about learning everything before you launch, but it's about launching and being committed to learning along the way. And so I think I would just end with that. I think there are a lot of people, uh, God has placed something on your heart that you have been thinking about for a while. And it's something that you're passionate about that can add value to the church. It can add value to your colleagues. It can add value to your community. And I would just say, don't wait. I sat on the Rise and Lead podcast for a year uh, trying to produce something that that was of great quality. And I would just, thinking about that, I would just say, just launch it. Do the best you can. Get your stuff out there uh, to bless other people. And you're going to learn a lot along the way. But don't wait. Always go for progress over perfection every time. I love it. Progress over perfection. Ben, thank you again. May the Lord continue to bless you, your family, and your ministry. Blessings to you. Thank you, Javier. And everybody, subscribe to the podcast, this podcast, and uh, it's filled with incredible value. Thank you again. It was an honor to be a guest on your show, Javier, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, there you have it. That is a wrap for the Restore Podcast episodes for 2021. And as I mentioned, I'm sure you were blessed, and I hope you found it helpful and hopeful as you head into 2022 with everything that we discussed with Pastor Ben Lundquist. Ben, thank you for your time and incredible words that were valuable and practical as well. Blessings to you, your family and ministry. And again, thank you, everyone, from wherever you may be for listening and sharing the Restore podcast. Hope you all have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this Restore podcast. We hope you've been blessed. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss any of our inspiring episodes.